Welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast, a podcast that equips therapists to thrive in business, expand their reach, and create flourishing and meaningful lives, both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Claire Blakey. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice. I believe in being a multi-passionate therapist. You can have a thriving, financially impactful business, be a leader in the community, and also a business entrepreneur. You don't have to choose, and your impact as a clinician can go beyond the therapy room. I believe that you can be a therapist and an entrepreneur, a therapreneur, and I believe that every therapist deserves the tools, community, and resources to build thriving businesses and flourishing lives. I pair my passion and previous career in PR, marketing, and blogging with my education and experience as a clinician to equip therapists like you who are multi-passionate and wanting to pursue additional opportunities to grow your skill set and expand your reach. So what are we waiting for? Let's get going. Let's create impact and build flourishing lives and businesses we're proud of. Here we go. We go to Google for everything from recipes to answers to our most burning questions. But did you know that many people are also looking for therapists on Google? SEO or search engine optimization is the number one way many therapists get clients. And you can learn how to optimize your website for search engines too. This spring, I enrolled in Optimize Your Practice, Therapy SEO's signature group coaching program for therapists who want to learn SEO. Although SEO can get super technical and complicated, Christy Platinga, Therapy SEO's founder, made it super accessible, and I've already implemented things that I've learned in the program. So if you're tired of wondering where your next clients are coming from, Head to optimizeyourpractice.com slash waitlist to get more information about how learning SEO can transform your private practice. Hi, Avavits, and welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast. So happy to have you here today and to really deepen the conversation around branding and marketing for therapists. I'm hoping that you can maybe introduce yourself so the audience knows who you are, why you're passionate about what you do, and kind of what to expect from our conversation today. Sure. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, so I am Avivit Fisher. I'm the owner of Red Strategy. It's a marketing consultancy for therapists in private practice. I help therapists uh, with marketing and business skills that they uh, didn't have a chance to acquire in grad school <laughs> and in college. And I really work with private practice owners to help them Uh, create the message and connect with the people who are looking for their services. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And there's such a need, like, I feel like, especially as we are modernizing as therapists and really entering the digital world and creating a digital footprint, um, the need for training specifically for therapists, which I would argue is actually slightly different, the training that you would give for a therapist versus maybe the traditional business owner, like there's very specific niche things to kind of identify and highlight and honor, whether that's uh, the protocol of our licensing or whether that's the nature of the therapeutic relationship. There's a lot of kind of nuances to it. And so I imagine what you're offering is extremely valuable because most therapists, if they don't already have a website, want to start a website. If they 
have a digital footprint, maybe they're expanding, maybe they're using Instagram or TikTok or other modalities of getting their voice and their message out there. So really glad to have this conversation today and really give some tangible tools to the audience that I'm imagining are wanting to deepen and improve their process. Uh, but before we get started, I want to just, I, at the Flourishing Therapreneur, we're all about our humanness and really connecting with that because the more we connect with ourselves as humans, the more aligned our businesses are, the more clear we get on our why and why we're doing what we're doing. But we also really create with the word flourish, it's really creating your ideal environment to thrive and to grow. And so when we talk about our humanists, we kind of lay that foundation for our businesses to grow. So I'm curious if you want to share a little bit about your humanness and how your business grew and how you became passionate about working with therapists. Sure. Um, like a lot of people that enter this field, um, I got interested in it because of a personal experience. And I have known, I know a lot of therapists that became therapists because of a personal experience, because of growing up. So like, like them, I have experienced something that kind of jolted me into this uh, industry. Um, back in 2015, uh, the apartment building where I lived burned down to the ground. And um, me and my family uh, lost everything. And so did nearly a thousand other people lost everything in that fire. And while we got actually a lot of assistance in terms of practical um, help, uh, people were helping us uh, donating um, clothes and, and, and books and toys for my children and even some people donated money, but there was not a lot of help in terms of uh, mental health. And after this whole initial, mm. you know, sort of adjusting um, your life to sort of uh, pass, I found myself trying to figure out how to move emotionally, move on emotionally with this. And I started looking for information online, like you said, like, uh, because the first place I went to was Google. And I when I went online and I was like, well, how do you deal emotionally with fire? And I couldn't really find any relevant information. There was a lot of information about like dealing with insurance and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and stuff <laughs> like this, but there was not a lot of like, what do I do? So I didn't really know what happened to me. I didn't know, really know how to categorize it. So it took me about, um, mm. you know, almost a year to find a therapist. And I found just by asking people, but from what I saw online is that there was a big gap between how therapists present themselves and what people are actually searching for. Right. So, yeah. Mm. So people, yeah. Um, what they're searching for, uh, they're searching how to feel better the way therapists present themselves, they present their, um, you know, their background, their educational background. There's a lot of um, professional jargon. There's a lot of talk about specific, um, you know, what they're specializing in. And a lot of people cannot connect that, you know, to what mm -hmm. they're feeling at the moment. Yeah. So exactly. So I, yeah. I was, you know, I was already, um, I already had a marketing um, consultancy at this point, but I was like, I decided to focus on therapists. I, I decided to work with therapists. I, I, I really got very interested in the field and I really wanted to help people just like me to find services that they're looking for. And I also wanted to help therapists to find clients. 
uh, clients that are a good fit for them. Yeah. So this is how I got interested in working mm. in the field. That's amazing. And I think too, like one, I just appreciate your vulnerability. Thank you for sharing about what you lived through. I know, um, yeah, just talking about some of the traumas we've gone through are, isn't always easy, even if we've overcome them or healed from them. So I just really value that you named that, but also I appreciate your honesty and I know that you're not a therapist. So it's actually hopeful that you have this lens that's slightly different than maybe the people that are listening to this podcast, because as a therapist, we get so immersed in our therapist culture, the way that therapists do things. And it's funny that you named like the jargon piece and the kind of accolades of achievements and all that. Cause I think I fall into that sometimes too. It's easy to kind of like, Oh, this is my resume or this is what I've done to kind of give yourself credibility. But sometimes I think that websites for therapist websites sometimes are geared towards other therapists, like kind of be like, um, this is the training I did, like, you know, EMDR and I did this and I did that and I'm qualified level five of this, or, you know, it's a very, it's kind of like a LinkedIn, but not. And I think that there is um, obviously an important piece of naming our education. I think there's a ethical responsibility of letting the public know, Hey, I have a master's or I have a PhD. I'm licensed. This is my license number. I know a lot of state licensing boards have actual protocols that you need to include on your website to make sure you're in compliance, but that doesn't mean that you have to make it just really resume oriented or um, kind of like lacking that human piece and what you're naming of living through an experience that was really traumatic and scary and awful. And when you're searching, you're not searching, you don't know what you're processing or you don't know fully how to name what you're going through. And so the importance of having copy or having words that match your feelings or your concerns, like I work a lot with um, eating disorders and body image and also pregnancy and postpartum. So if I work with clients that suffer from postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression, if you write something like that on your website, talking about, you know, are you a new mom and that you find yourself awake at night? And you can't sleep because you're not sure if your baby is still breathing, like kind of the listing, maybe the symptoms, not the diagnoses or not the, the, the problem per se, but like speaking their language and speaking into what they might be navigating. Because like you said, you're searching, I survived a fire. <laughs> like what, what are my resources? And yeah, you're not going to resonate with EMDR. You don't even know what EMDR is why you even need that if that's something that you choose to use. So I really appreciate that you just shared that piece. because um, I, I I see that a lot with therapists. <laughs> so that's exactly that's exactly um what I was saying because clients don't self-diagnose. That's just the way it is. And we know a lot of times we don't know what we have. Like I didn't know that I went through a traumatic experience. I didn't even know that it was trauma. Like I didn't to me it was just something bad that happened. Yeah. So mm, I appreciate you naming that. And that gives me just so much empathy and just appreciation for what you're sharing. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if we could kind of transition and start to kind of get into the nitty gritty. So for anyone listening, I'm imagining they clicked play because they want to, to improve their brand. Maybe they already have a brand or maybe they don't even know what a brand is and how do I make my business a brand? Um, so do you mind just defining and like kind of breaking down what is a brand exactly and 
why does a therapist in private practice sure. need a brand? So um, I think it's, it was Jeff Bezos that said that the brand is what other people's people are saying about you when you leave the room. And yeah, I really Ooh. like that because it was very um, clear. But the way I uh, define a brand is the it's other people's perception of you, of your business, um, of you as a professional. You know, obviously there are personal brands, so of you as a person as well, but we're going to talk about professional right now. And it's this perception needs to be managed um, because otherwise you can just leave it for interpretation, right? And not everybody's going to interpret it in the way that you would like it to be interpreted. So for therapists, yeah, because you guys are the face of your business. Like you are your business. You are the main instrument. You are the face of the business. You are the tool of your business, right? So for you, it's very important to manage your brand mm-hmm. because it's such a personal relationship between um, a therapist and a client. It's such a, you know, the 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 fit, the how it feels is so important in a successful relationship, right? So a brand essentially helps from a business perspective, it helps to attract the people that you would want to work with and the people who would be a good fit for you, for your practice. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think if you don't have a brand, I kind of see that as a few different things. One, it's kind of identityless. Like if you don't know what your brand is, how are your clients going to know who you are or what you're about? And I kind of would imagine a brand is also like what you stand for, what, what clients you work with, like kind of like, there's probably so many components to it. It's also like the feeling that you get, right? Like if you go to someone's website and their colors that kind of set the tone of like, oh, this is light and bright and airy, and this is clean. And this is it, it sets, I, I feel like the brand is not just the words you use or the pictures you use, but it's, it's the colors. It's like all that. There's so much that goes into it um, in terms of just capturing the essence. And I sometimes talk with um, some of the people I do consultations with that are wanting to build their private practice. I talk about even your office being a brand. Like for me, I have like a white linen couch and my office has mountain views and it has like a certain aesthetic to it. And so I think the brand is not just your website. It's also the experience that the client gets when they come into your space and what it feels like and the tone it sets. Um, I think it can be so many different variables. Well, it's, it's absolutely, you're absolutely correct. It's the total experience. It's your message, right? It's your message. It's what you put out in the world, how you present yourself. Um, Yeah. All of it. Um, needs to feel needs to feel true to you. So I mean, people like doing business with um, with with other people whom they know, like, and trust. Right? This is what this is how it's defined. Like we we, we buy from people who we know, like, and trust. So your brand is helping people to develop this. First of all, to let them know about you, who you are, what you stand for but also to yeah. develop this trust. And trust is very important because if I'm a client, right? And if I find a therapist, to me, for me to make the call to schedule an appointment, I need to trust that it's gonna be something that you, um, the, the solution or, or yeah. some kind of help that you can help me with. What would you say are like, are there tangible ways to build trust? Like if someone 
is trying to cultivate that. Like I'm imagining like, you know, making sure you have nice, warm, friendly, professional images of yourself. So they see who you are as a human, or maybe the languaging you use when you're writing something, like what would you kind of name? Are those like the pieces you would name? Are there other pieces to kind of facilitate that trust? Um, These are important pieces, but where I would start would be identifying who you who your message is for identifying your the group of people that you want to work with your potential client because when you identify that potential client um a niche right we would say you can have several audience right audiences but you have to kind of showcase like you said with um with moms that are postnatal um depression like you need to talk about their experience so i mean if you are creating a message um, and building your brand around the clients that you want to work with, um, you will inevitably address what they're uh, concerned about, what they're feeling, what they're what they want uh, from therapy, and so the potential mm-hmm. client will read that, will see that, and they will say, "Yeah, this person understands what, what understands what I'm going through. They they know it. They I I know that they can help me." So, yeah, no, I love that. No, I think that it really um, creates, like you said, trust and just like a sense of like, I think some of the hardest pieces maybe for therapists and when it comes to marketing too, are, you know, if you use something like psychology today or any of the databases that people pay for outside of their website or even a website, it's that piece of, I imagine so many clients or potential clients read so many websites before they call or email specific people. And so if you can do those additional things to make them feel more at ease, to make them feel like you get what they're going through um, and that you're someone that they can imagine confiding in, or you look like you might be a warm person that they feel like, okay, I think I can talk to this person um, that that will really um, facilitate that action, which is the call or the email for the consultation. You know, especially with psychology today, um, I actually learned it recently that psychology today apparently rotates the listings all the time to give uh, people in the same zip code the um, opportunity to be on the first page. So, so your your profile is being um, shifted all the time. So the the uh, chance for you to be on the, on the first uh, page is not very big. So you need to really use your profile to oh, capture okay. the attention of the person who goes and looks on psychology today for a therapist that in, in that zip code, for let's say, or that, you know, state. So in that, in psychology today, specifically a brand and how you stand out in the eyes of a client is very important. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Like you need to be the reason that they click or that they read that little snippet of a bio and they're like, oh, you're describing my symptoms. So they click it versus I'm trained in. And you're like, no idea what that is. Next person. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm wondering what are some tangible things or how can um, therapists that are listening today start improving the brand for their private practice? Are there any tangible tips or things that they should kind of focus on as they listen yeah, to this there are conversation. several things I would say first of all really starting identifying the ideal client that you would like to work with on my website I have free tools like ideal client worksheet that people can go and download that's fine um, you, you can also look at your past experience 
and look at who you really connect with and how would you describe them? Uh, what, what kind of issues they're dealing with? And in terms of being tactical, I would say making sure that your message, the, what you're writing is presenting um, not only you, but also that the person that you're trying to reach, talking to them. And I would say the third thing that is very important is having a good professional headshot because we're also visual people. And especially when people are looking online, they want to see you. They want to see what you represent. So it's important to have a professionally done headshot. Yeah. Well, and I would even name with like the headshot piece. I recently updated my headshot. Finally, I feel like sometimes you too many years and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't even look like myself anymore. Cause it's like five years ago or whatever it is. But I recently had a few um, done and um, I feel like there's a little bit of opportunity too with like what you wear, where the pictures are taken. You kind of start showing your personality or like we talked about the brand and um, maybe the aesthetic that you're trying to connect to your website mm -hmm. or to your mission. Um, well, I'm wondering, so what are like, would you say like the three most important things to consider when you're wanting to grow a strong online presence, especially in the mental health field? Well, that's, that's important. It's creating, it's creating a strategy in which you consider who your ideal client is also looking, looking a little bit inward and trying to figure out what are the people that you enjoy working with? Um, how do you want your brand to behave? Like, what, what do you want to represent to the outside world? I'm asking yourself questions like, what are my top values? Like, wh what is, what, how do you want my brand to come off? Does it, does it need to be thoughtful? Does it need to be fun? And um, does it need to be a little bit more serious or more playful? These are the things that are important. But I would say the most important piece would, um, of online presence specifically would be working on your website because, and, and there are so many different platforms that you can create awareness about your practice right now, right? Social media, um, and even psychology today, but your website is your, you know, it's your home online. It's what you can control, right? It's your reception area. It's your sales, a salesperson. It's, um, it's inform the information center for your current clients, potential clients. So it needs to be, uh, really thought through. It needs to be designed, um, as an experience for a person to get all their answers and stay there, right? And book that appointment, create a website that urges people to book an appointment with you if they're the right fit, if they're the, the, the people who you are treating and also yeah. uh, maybe creating um, a way for people to leave their email addresses so you can continue the conversation with them if they are not ready to book an appointment yet. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And I, I had a conversation recently with another guest that was talking more specifically about like SEO, so search engine optimization, but we were talking around like with the website, we're like sometimes with, you know, social media, even though it's so valuable and it's still important to have like a living presence. So people see that you're relevant and that you're keeping up with the times and all of that. And you can still really reach a lot of potential clients through social media too. I think there's different strategies but the piece of like a website kind of being like you just said, like your home for your business or like that living document 
that actually generates future referrals with, you know, people searching and it, um, I don't know, it kind of, how do I describe this? I would imagine with websites, it also kind of creates a little bit more balance. Like if you focus on marketing through your website, it's not going to be as time consuming as creating tons of content for Instagram weekly, showing up for 24 hours on a story, like with a website, it's like, it's a forever piece that if you invest in it, it's still going to be great in a year, or maybe you'll tweak it here and there, but it, it sounds like a, a more life balance if you're focusing on your website versus Well, it's socials. something that is yours and you have full control of it. Uh, as opposed to, let's say, Instagram. Instagram, um, you're really dependent on, on the algorithm. So it's like you, you know, you're building something on borrowed land, like you're building a house on a borrowed land, as opposed to your website, that's you're building your home there. And you need to invest in SEO or, I mean, advertising for people to drive traffic mm-hmm. to your website. And totally. the social media helps with that a lot. But at the end of the day, even people who discover you on social media are going to go to your website to learn more about you, right? So... No, totally. That makes sense fully. So I'm wondering, like, just because the people that are tuning in, maybe are all in different spots. So some already have a website that they've built. So maybe they're listening to this and they're like, okay, this is inspiration to, you know, maybe make a checklist of, I need to update my headshot. I need to make sure the copy on my website speaks to my ideal client. Um, I'm trying to think of, are there any other tangibles that we can kind of give people right now of like where to begin, like as they listen to this conversation, what next steps can they take um, as they're taking pieces of our conversation? So um, what else would you add besides updating your headshot, making sure the copy is good? Are there other mistakes you tend to see on websites or um, other things that they should kind of use as a checklist to to look at their their page? So I see a lot of times, uh, there's one mistake that I see, especially with therapists, is using the main area in uh, on the homepage, you know, the, the above the fold, it's called the hero mm-hmm. image, it's sort of basically being very vague there. So having a beautiful image or or a quote that doesn't mean anything really. Yeah. That it's a beautiful quote about uh, mental health, but it really um, doesn't help you from a marketing perspective, and it doesn't um, communicate anything about your brand. So. That area is very, very important yeah. because when a person clicks on there, um, you need to catch their attention. So that area needs to include either um, a strong statement about your brand or a strong statement about who you work with and how you work with them. And it has to include, um, in my opinion, button to book an appointment, or click for or. I call to action. So a call to action. Exactly. So yeah. some kind of call to action. More information, start here, book an appointment, anything. Because people, you know, if the if you don't grab their attention there, people might scroll a little bit, but they will leave. Otherwise, you know, they will leave and not come back. Yeah. Right. So grab their attention to to keep them on the, your website as long as possible and give them the information and urge and have call to action to urge them to book an appointment with you. Because at the end of the day, it's not an online brochure. At the end of the day, it's a marketing tool that mm. is supposed to help you fill your practice. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think sometimes as therapists, we don't, if we haven't been trained, like you think about our education and our experience, 
a lot of therapists don't know what it's like to be a business owner, which is why I love this podcast and the courses that I do, because I think we need more conversations and experts like you coming on and sharing. Um, but maybe when we think of a website, we're like, oh, what it like it, we don't maybe have that sense of like, this is a business um, tool. This is a, a way of getting clients and like, even just like the psychology behind how do you get someone to click something? Like, how do you get someone to feel the trust? Like you named how trust is so important, trust enough to send an email, trust enough to call. And so really not just seeing a website as like, okay, I need to prove to other therapists that I have X, Y, and Z degree in this training, but more so um, I need to reach the ideal client and I need to um, help them feel safe enough and have enough trust to be like, this person's an expert or this person understands to call or to email. Another thing that I see is too much text, too much text, like walls of text and that is not separated into um, sort of paragraphs that are easy to scan. People don't really read too much. Um, Attention span is very low for people right now. The text need to be in a sort of laid out in a way that it's easy to consume and to scan. And so it needs to have headlines, subheads. It it also helps with SEO Mm. to have um, headlines and subheads within the text. Also, I mean, obviously needs to be written in a friendly language that other people can understand. (laughs) And also it needs to, you know, be engaging. It it needs to not be boring. That's, that's, that's Mm. an important thing. Yeah. So as we're kind of like starting to wrap up our conversation, what would you say, like, why, if anyone could take anything away from this, like why is marketing and really having a marketing message so important for therapists to have? It's, it's an interesting thing. You, you said it in the beginning of conversation of the conversation that therapists are a little bit different from regular small businesses, right? So you have a little bit more restrictions Mm -hmm. um, in terms of how to market yourself. For example, you can't um, ask people for reviews, (laughs) which is a important portion of a, you know, any business strategy, but the message needs to be very clear. It needs to be very clear because first of all, you want to attract people that you enjoy working with. You want to attract people that can pay you. Right. Um, And um, Mm -hmm. you want to attract the people who um, can help you create better outcomes at the end of the day, because therapists want to help people. They want to heal. That's what they go into this into this field, right? Right. Field four. So it can be very frustrating to leave it up to chance and have people come in, um, call for one session or two two because they're not the right fit. Or maybe have people call you and um, you realize that you can't take them on because you don't take their insurance or because they can't pay you. Mm -hmm. So creating the right message really helps you filter the people who are not the right fit for you Mm -hmm. um, and position you as an authority in your field, right? It's also very important. So I would say these are the main reasons for therapists to really think seriously about Mm -hmm. what kind of message they're creating. Yeah, no, I love that. It's such a good reminder as well. And just something that you know, isn't talked about enough. I think therapists, um, we're really good at the clinical. We're really good at doing, because you said therapists like to list their additional trainings and all the things like we're good at prioritizing stuff like that, which is still so important for 
client outcomes and making sure we're up to date with the most research and all the things that are relevant. And that sounds like what I'm kind of getting from our conversation today is just the value and the reminder of why a brand, why marketing is so important. And it just that piece of like, it really kind of, I would kind of even describe it as it kind of contradicts a little bit. Like I sometimes feel like branding and marketing, the way that you're explaining it, I can imagine that some therapists listening are like, oh, I don't want to have my picture on my website, or I don't want to talk about things I've lived through or things that help make me more human and connect with my ideal client. Because as a therapist, a lot of us are trained, you know, they call it like blank slate theory, where it's like, you are not, it's not about you. It's all about the client. It's all about holding space for them and maintaining that integrity and protecting your clinical license. So you don't compromise it by breaking uh, ethical code or, you know, things like that. And why I love having you talk about this is because we really are seeing a new emerging um, presence of what the modern therapist is like. And as mental health is being destigmatized and the conversation is changing, I would argue that most clients want to know that the therapist is human and that might actually make them feel more connected, not less connected. It might not distract. Maybe of course you still want to have boundaries of not sharing all your you know, stuff with them. But you know, my example of like working with postpartum women and depression and anxiety, I have my own lived experience of postpartum anxiety. And so that really birthed my passion literally and figuratively of wanting to work with that population. So if I can name like, Hey, I'm a therapist and mom, and I've also struggled with this. I get it. And I now have additional advanced training and I've used that as like turning my pain into purpose. And I want to support you like instantly. Someone's like, wow, you're not just trained in this, but you get it. You've lived through it. And so that creates, like you said, that trust. And so I really appreciate what you're listing and naming with really connecting because that's so much of our mission at the flourishing therapeneur is like connecting with your humanness and showing up and being seen which like I said I feel like that kind of contradicts sometimes with what we're taught as therapists but when it comes to branding we need to be seen we need to be visible we need to be clear on our intentions and what we do and um, I just really value this conversation and the the points that you're you know leaving with the audience of tangibles whether it's looking at your website changing your headshot whether it's really getting clear on your ideal client. And so I'm wondering as we wrap up this conversation, um, what about the listener that's like, okay, I loved hearing this. I'm ready to take it a step further. How can they connect with you? How can they learn from you? Um, or are there other resources that you recommend? And I can also include all of those links in the show notes as well. A part of my work, I, I create a lot of resources for therapists. Um, I have a lot of resources listed on my website, which is Red Strategy. Red is with two Ds. And I have free resources. I have like um, the ideal client uh, profile. I have checklists that can help you start marketing your private practice. I have guides for new private practices that really need to figure out, okay, what I'm starting mm -hmm. right now. So all of, the, all of these resources are free. I have another very important resource, which is my weekly newsletter that you can um, subscribe to. And the, I created this newsletter because I wanted uh, therapists to see 
the big picture of business. So basically what it is, is a compilation of um, mental health industry news and business trends and my um, spin from a marketing perspective. So we can see the big picture, where this industry is going, what's new, what's happening, uh, what's happening in um, big companies, how do they market themselves? How do they, uh, what kind of solutions they're providing? This is also a free resource that you can sign up and you will receive it in your inbox. So head to my um, website, redstrategy.com, and there's a lot of information there. Uh, I love it. And I feel like I am just becoming a fan. I know not everyone is, but I actually really like subscribing to emails like that because sometimes we don't, I mean, it's nice listening to podcasts like this too, depending on like your commute or your schedule or how you do it. But sometimes with emails, like your weekly email that you're talking about, that can be so helpful because it's not super time consuming. And it's something that can give tools that are really actionable and hopeful um, that you can apply right away and that you can kind of get this like little ding of encouragement and motivation and reminders to, to build your brand and to help with marketing strategy. So thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure to have you. And I will include all the links in the show notes and I just really value you um, being passionate about working with therapists. I think we need more people like you that care about our industry and mental health providers, because like I've said before, this isn't taught in grad school and it's nice to have just experts like you come on and share your expertise and also breaking it down in a very tangible, not scary way. (laughs) So thank you for doing that and for being vulnerable and sharing your story and I'll have to have you back because this was so fun. Time. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. It was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. So you want to launch a private practice, but you don't know where to begin. Well, you are in luck. Our signature course, Flourishing in Private Practice, is coming October 2022. This 12-hour self-paced course is perfect if you are a pre-licensed student, trainee, associate, or even a licensed therapist that is wanting to learn more about strengthening your private practice or curious to take the leap from agency to being your own boss. This course will walk you through all the steps from the basics of setting up your business structure, creating your brand, building your reputation in the field, and strengthening your systems to help your business flourish. This course is filled to the brim with tangible examples, templates, and structure to help your business thrive and for you to grow and flourish personally and professionally. If this is you and you are wanting in, go to our website at theflourishingtherapreneur.com to join our waitlist to be the first to know when the doors open. We also have a free download on our website called 10 Steps to Starting a Private Practice, and it's available for you today. So if you're wanting to get started sooner or dip your feet into the idea, don't wait another moment. Thank you for tuning in to the Flourishing Therapreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as that helps other clinicians and therapreneurs find our community and thrive through our offerings. Want to take your business a step further? Visit theflourishingtherapreneur.com or our Instagram with the same handle. Connect with our free community or sign up for an upcoming course to help cultivate your thriving business and endeavors so you can flourish personally and professionally. Until next time, I'm your host, Claire Blakey, and I believe you deserve to flourish as a therapreneur.